Did we do it? Yes. All right. All right, and I have this big Wacom tablet that I use. It has a, it's a big, you know, big Wacom tablet, and it has two plugins. One goes in my USB, and one goes in my HDMI, right? And I plug it in. I plug them both in, and I turn it on, and my, it shows the screen, and the pin won't work. I do this about once a month. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's this or it's that. And I, I mess around with it. I'm like, look at drivers. I'm like, the driver's right. And then I look, and whatever the USB is, it's like it's my webcam I plugged in instead of <laughs> the wrong webcam. But it's like hours of me going, what did I do this time? Like, I can't work. Like, my career's over, you know? What am I going to do? <laughs> I, I, I think we got it figured out. All right. Um, all right. Let, I'll, I'll redo the intro later. Let's. All right. Let's get back into it. Uh, so have you given up on the Knicks? Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's complicated, I guess. Uh, I, I started watching basketball because of the Knicks, um, because of John Starks, because it was the first time I had seen my last name anywhere. Um, I think it's that first sort of like I could be related to somebody, I guess. Um, but I fell in love with the Knicks, and I've been, I've been a, a real Knicks fan for since like 1993, 94, something like that. And uh, it's been bad for 21 of those years, basically. And for, I would say for all of like the aughts, every time they made a terrible signing, I thought, what a great idea, over and over and over. Anyway, I've really, uh, the, basically in the last like 10 years, the only good Knicks anything was Lynn Sanity, which was eight games. Um, <laughs> So I'm I'm still a Knicks fan. I'm still very much a Knicks fan, but I but that's because of my own loyalty. It's foolish to be a Knicks fan. Um, last season, my wife and I got League Pass, and we watched the Celtics. My wife went to Butler. Um, we love Brad Stevens. We love Gordon Hayward. Brad Stevens is the only has given me the only good basketball of the last like 20 years, basically. So we I'm I'm not gonna say like the Celtics are my team. But they're certainly the one I enjoy watching and talking about. Um, and that was with uh, Kyrie Irving, who's – I shouldn't say anything, but he's garbage. <laughs> um, it's, it's okay. So I grew up Knicks fan. My, uh, my grandparents, uh, all from the Bronx area, a lot of family from there. So, of course, Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. But I also grew up outside Philly. So I was like, all right, I like Sixers. I like Knicks. I can't t- take teams that have bad ownership. Uh, so – I live in Cincinnati now, so I won't be a Bengals fan anymore because that's bad yeah. too. But uh, Philly, Philly finally feel, seems like they got the Sixers feel like they finally got their uh, ownership worked out a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll root for them, but I'm also about 90 minutes from Pacers, and uh, oh, uh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> no, well, that's a boring I, team to like. That is a very boring team to like, which is why I'm probably not on board. And I adopted Cleveland because I was like, well, it's still in state. So, but uh, only when LeBron was here. I, I can't yeah, watch them yeah, now. I think it's, uh, you know, now it's like, it's a, it's a dumpster fire that people are throwing water in, maybe. <laughs> they just have to fill the dumpster fire up with enough water to put the fire out. <laughs> All right. So do you think there's like a large Venn diagram of like basketball fans and comic fans? Cause I don't think there's a big, you know, I'd, I'd, say, out here I'd say absolutely not, but you know, <laughs> here's the thing. It's, you know, it's funny. I actually, I did, I just did an interview um, 
there was a book that came. So, so we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about basketball because of old head, because of my Kickstarter old head, which is my newest book, which is ostensibly it's space jam meets fright night. It's Dr. J though. Not literally Dr. J versus Dracula. Um, so there's a, there's a basketball skin on it, right? Like it's not about, there's no part where you need to understand the three second rule or, uh, you know, how many fouls someone gets in like, none of that's part of, it's just, so anyway, I just did an interview with a, with a, I talked to a guy who'd written a book for Oni years ago called Downset Fight, which is one of the best American sports comics of all time. It's amazing. Um, it's just a great book and it has the skin. I mean, it is sports related, but it's not a sports book. And I had just finished Sex Castle and I felt like I was like, I was like, oh, anyone can do like the sports book world is open. Um, no one's read Downset Fight. Um, so probably not. It's funny because I feel like, Ameri you know, there's so much like, oh, you know, there's, there doesn't just have to be superhero comics. It's like, well, people say that, but they only really buy the superhero comics. Um, that being said, you know, Image and Skybound and certainly all these, you know, Oni, you know, we're doing these other books, but I know I would say they're not close, but I also, I say that I'm doing a Venn diagram with my hands <laughs> it's because it's radio. But I, I feel like, you know, there's a, that, like that question, like, are there a bunch? I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of comic fans that love collecting stamps and, you know, fine dining. Who knows? Like, we're all human beings, right? Um, I don't, I, I feel like, especially now in an era where nerd and whatever isn't even an insult because the guy who would have called you that 30 years ago in high school is now like buying, you know, Marvel's t-shirts, right? Like he's the one wearing them. It, it, it's like, well, there's no crossover anymore. It seems like this would be a time that would be like, let's get as many good stories. And my thing has always been, you know, I want to make the thing that I like. Uh, my first book was about, my first book, which was unpublished, is self-published through Kickstarter. Um, Legend of Ricky Thunder is about a wrestler. Sex Castle I made because I love 80s action movies. Kill Them All I made because I love 90s action movies. And I went to, to do an homage to John Woo. Uh, Rock Candy Mountain was a confluence of things. I, I feel like I, I tell different stories that are still good stories, but maybe they have like a sort of unique skin to them. And I thought Dracula and basketball, I, I love basketball. And uh, I was watching Friday night and I sort of figured like a lot of things came together. So no, probably not. Um, but I think, I think comic fans, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long road. <laughs> that's okay. It's all right. You Listen, just took like 10 of my other questions I, I had lined up. So we're good. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, like, I, I feel like the answer is, is like, are they probably, it's probably a small percentage. I mean, how, I bet there's a smaller percentage of comics fans that are basketball fans than basketball fans that are comic fans. Right. But I think people who read comics like good stories. I think they like well-told stories. I think they like to laugh. I think they like action. And that's in my book. Like, that's why my, my books are action comedies. And you don't want to just see the same set piece for an action comedy over and over and over. And, like, this is an action comedy with a, a spooky Dracula in it. Everyone loves Dracula, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you've, you have done a great job over the years. I don't... I've picked up a lot of a lot of the books, and I don't think two of them are even close to same. While your voice I mean, comes they're through, all hitmen. But... yeah, they're they're all hitmen. Like there's a <laughs> lot of hitmen, and like I get that. And that was another thing. It's like I didn't want to do. I could do. I could do that sort of traditional action assassin story forever. I mean, like that's something that I love. But it's like I really wanted to not do it. I mean, even my wife was like, maybe not do the world's best hitman because I have like four of them. I have four books that are like, what's the premise? Well, the world's best hitman, the world's former best hitman. And it's like, this is the world's former toughest NBA player or pro basketball player, whatever. It's 
never spent. Well, I, I do think it speaks to your writing because, you know, even though reading Sex Castle Assassination, like, it still didn't seem like every book that was coming out was a Hitman book. I really took those as independent, like, stories that were very different characters that I guess just happened to be a Hitman. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, I just, you don't want to tell the same story over and over. It's like, also, it's like, I love action movies, and that's Roadhouse and Die Hard and uh, Predator. You know, they're all, like, it's, it's it, there's so many different stories you can tell. But it's like, it's superheroes are action movies. You know, it's all action movies. Uh, this one's just as, instead of uh, Captain America, it's a guy who used to do slam dunks, and he's going <laughs> to fight Dracula. I think that sounds great. Like, that's why I made it, because to me it sounds amazing. Um, I'm, I am completely on board. I mean, you know, I am in that Venn diagram. It, it might just be you and me of that, that crossover between basketball and... But I think there's you, more. I think there's more, but that audience, I think, like, you have to... I'm not trying to find that audience. What I'm trying to do is say to everyone who's liked any of my comics, to say, trust me on this one. Like, you'll like it. I know you're like, ah, I don't really care about basketball. Maybe you don't really care about Dracula you'll still really like it because it's a great action romp, you know? Yeah. I, That's tough. That's the toughest part. Please trust me. <laughs> you should trust him. Uh, you know, not, not to kiss your butt, but uh, there hasn't been anything that I, that I have uh, not liked that you've put out. Um, so, okay. Uh, all right. Let's NBA jam. Uh-huh. So, all right. If you were going to put any two basketball players together that you could play, what would, what would they be? All time or all modern time. day? If I could do all time, because of, because of my bias, I'm going Starks, Anthony Mason. I think that's just – and you're like, why not Oakley or Ewing? It's because they're slow. That's why. <laughs> that's the only reason why. And Mason, uh, he did the cool stuff with his hair. I love I'm, I, any, That sort of mid-'90s Knicks team is really – my heart. And so I thought my, if, if I play NBA jams, I always go Charlotte um, because Kendall Gill is dope. It's always Kendall Gill and um, uh, Larry Johnson on the early one. But later you could pick, right? You could be Muggsy or. Yeah. Muggsy I always, rem or I always remember Muggsy and uh, Johnson. Yeah. But if we roll, if we roll out, if you're playing NBA jam, which is the, the first version, you only have two players and Dallas Mavericks have a guy on their team. It's um, I can't remember the first guy, someone, semi blue edwards maybe like literally like blue edwards the second guy because who know because dallas was so bad or just as interesting the second guy on nba jam was their second round draft pick who played something like half a season i had to look him up like i i fancy myself a bit of a well-read uh you know a knowledgeable nba history buff i had to google i'm like who's this guy on the mavericks team and it was like their second round pick and you have to think, like, the NBA Jam people, like, hey, we're making this game. We're trying to, you know, get everyone to give us two players. And they're like, ah, we don't really care so much. But you can use these two guys. And one of the guys never – he played – I think he played one season, and that's it. Maybe not even a full season. Um, but I always go Charlotte. But when it was New York, I'd go New York, and I'd mix Starks and somebody else. All right, if you were going to play – Starks is good on that game because you get steals and threes. You get steals and threes, and you can just pop them. And then you get a big guy with him, and he's just grabbing – you can do that uh, – Middle of the lane block shot, which is bread. That's bread and bread and butter right there. If you want to win NBA Jam, part two of this interview will be at an arcade, and we'll be breaking out some NBA Jam and going yes. ahead. All right, uh, keeping on. If you could put any two comic characters in NBA Jam, who would it be? Oh, you know. All right, so you know, it's funny. Is I just got, like who would be one of my best characters at basketball? And I couldn't answer it. But I think if I had to pick, like, like if you're like who, what? 
mainstream comedy character is the best of basketball. I pick Spider-Man. I'm not a Spider-Man. Reading about Spider-Man, the jumping, the the spider sense, the athleticism, that's the basketball guy. That's the best basketball guy, right? Spider-Man is the best guy you could play at basketball. He's got the athleticism. He's clearly got the court vision. He's unselfish. You know he plays defense. He's strong for his size. Um, and I think I would do, I would do uh, Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic because you can't teach height. <laughs> and Mr. Fantastic can have all the height, and he, you know he's, he's doing like Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich machinations out there on the court. Imagine all the people who came up for comic stuff. They're like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. And then uh, two wrestlers, if you had to put them in NBA Jam. Uh, I, I, I think if you're going wrestlers, you want, you want a real, you want the teamwork aspect. Because I, I could say, like, who's, you could do, like, you could do, like, Ray and Batista, because then you get size and strength, but you still get the little guy. Um, but I, I could only think, uh, Rock and Roll Express. I think Rock and Roll Express would be the best NBA Jam wrestling team. All right, you hear that? Make it happen. Um, all right, one last wrestling question. Uh, are you watching AEW? I'm watching AEW. It's the only wrestling I'm watching right now, and I'm I'm actually we're two we're what two in, and I'm enjoying wrestling again, which is really nice. All right, so- I, haven't, I haven't watched WWE in, in a year because I felt like it was it was just like the Knicks, honestly. <laughs> I felt like the way it was being ran was insulting to me and they didn't care about me and they didn't care about entertaining me or even trying to entertain me. I, this is for both the Knicks and WWE. <laughs> I feel like that's still true. Um, even though I was kind of like part of the reason why I was like, I was like, they never gave Kofi a chance. This was a year ago. They never gave Kofi a chance. Like we love Becky and they just shit on everybody. And of course I left and it's like, they did those two things and I'd be like, well, what is the other stuff good? And people were like, no, still all bad. Um, but I, I, I've been yearning for wrestling. It's like people like watch New Japan, but New Japan has so much history to it. And I feel like, I, like everybody's like, oh, you know why this match was so good? It's because they referenced their match three years ago when they were feuding. And I'm like, dude, I don't know any of that. Like, to me, it's just like watching really good wrestling. But it's like I don't know who the characters are, and I don't, like, I, I don't understand. Um, and I know it's good. I used to watch like um, – People used to be like, just watch these eight matches on the G1 Climax. And I'd watch those. I'd be like, this is great. Um, but there was also wasn't a service or anything then. So I never had that point where it's like, I'm going to get sucked in. So that's, I mean, I, I literally haven't enjoyed wrestling uh, for a couple of years. I like Lucha Underground a lot, though. The sort of contract politics they did um, always bothered me. It's like I'm rooting for this thing that's doing exactly what I want, which is really story-heavy wrestling and doing it in a way that's a little bit different. It's like, I love that, but it's like also, it's like they're kind of being jackasses, these guys. So yes, I'm watching AEW. It's very good. <laughs> Who's my favorite? I don't know, Darby Allen, Luchasaurus? I don't know. I like uh, it all. I really enjoy it right now. Yeah, the, the wife and I are completely in. We stopped watching WWE, maybe an occasional pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're really enjoying it. But Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, definitely, I think, are my t- top two. But I don't and know. I, and it's funny I say that. It's like I love Chuck. Chuck Taylor is a Kentucky gentleman. And I, of course, am from southern Indiana. Uh, we used to drive. Like, he wrestled here in my hometown like as a teenager, which you used to be able to find on YouTube. You could find Chuck Taylor versus Ricochet in Evansville, Indiana, when they were, like, I mean, like 16 years old. Like, young. Ricochet's super skinny with a big afro. He's great. Um, but I love – I've always loved Chuck Taylor because I'm a Chikara guy. 
So I should say the best, but like, I, I think that's what's so good about it. And even as I say that, like, I love Pentagon Jr. Like, Pentagon Jr. has been, like, my favorite wrestler for the last, like, four years. And it's like, I forget because it's like, he's with Phoenix, and it's like, oh, it's a tag team. It's like, I don't know. AEW is so good. I'm so excited about everything they're doing. I, I wish that their women's division had as much – I'm sure they're very good, but there's no, like, standout personalities. Like, they seem very – like, I, what's the difference between Britt Baker and B. Priestley and uh, whatever – I think I, Allie. Like, what's their character difference? What's – I have no idea. One's a dentist. That's it. That's it, right? It's like, I really want that to catch up. I really want – because it's like, I love, I love female wrestling so much. But on AEW, it's like the one place where I go – what am I? I don't know these guys. Like I, I can't even look at them like I can the other guys and be like, Darby Allen is like a half skeleton who wants to kill himself. You know, it's like Luchasaurus is a giant dinosaur man. Um, I usually yeah. like, I don't think that from the. I want. I really like hope that either they start putting some narrative in there besides these two guys just don't like each other. Something that's my one critique about AEW. Um, the re- the female wrestling is amazing. Like the actual talent is amazing. Uh, but it's like that's my one thing is like man. I don't care about any of those guys. And I hate that. I hate that I don't care because I love, I love women's wrestling so much. It'll be yeah. great. Yeah, you're right. I, I only know because I, you know, I watched Allie wrestle for a while. and I watched her in TNA Impact. But you know what? What's her character? Like, I have no idea. I have no, no idea I... what her, her, her bit is. And I'm, I think there's a lot. I, I think it's okay to be like, who are you? It's like, well, I'm me. I'm literally wrestling me. But I feel like every American wrestler that they have, that's what they're doing. It's like, well, who are you? It's like, I don't know. I'm a vegetarian. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> cool, I guess. Like, that guy looks like he's uh, the Dia de los Muertes, like, murder spirit. I'm into that. Oh, he's got a brother that's a dragon. Like, give me some of that. But it's so early. Like, I hate to be like, this is my criticism. But also, it's like, I feel like they've done so little. And I think probably some of that is they're going, well, we have these Yoshis, and they're so good that people just enjoy watching them, which is absolutely fair. Like, it's absolutely fair. Um, but I think, like, outside, because they were brought in, like, Awesome Kong, and I'm blanking on the uh, Japanese legend who wrestled for WWE. I'm blanking on her name. Ajita Kong, right? Yes, yes. I, th- I think that's right. They brought in these legends, and you're like, oh, okay, right? <laughs> but they're not regulars. Like, I mean, Awesome Kong's in the trailer or whatever, but she can't wrestle. I think she's physically, like, in really bad shape. Um, I just, yeah, that's my I, one, I don't want to go on about it because it's so good. It's going to be great. And at least it doesn't feel like, it feels like they're not, uh, it's not being ran by a racist, you know, which is nice. <laughs> or like a misogynist, which is nice. Um, and they haven't done anything really super stupid yet. So I'm into it. All right. So switching gears, talking comics a little bit. Um, so more of a dad question. Uh, I know, I know you have a daughter to take dance uh, class. Two daughters. Uh, yeah. Two daughters. Two. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, which version of Rock Candy Mountain have you let them listen to? Because I tell you, I put on uh, uh, Spotify and all of a sudden a kid's version of that song comes on and I get real yeah. confused. <laughs> there's, there's actually like thousands, of, not probably not thousands, but there's hundreds of versions of that song because it was like an old, the original version uh, was about uh, child rape. Um, it's really messed up and they sort of cleaned it. The guy who sort of, and not even him, the guy who claimed like the copyright credit for it, who's apparently super litigious. He was not, he didn't write that song. He just did sort of an early recording that got popular. It's a weird, there's a bunch of different versions of it. So I don't know, I don't know. Uh, it's like a <laughs> okay. Tex, Tex Williams or something. I can't think of the one that I was listening to. Uh, Alrighty. Got a great, like a uh, badly animated 
like paper craft uh, <laughs> YouTube video. Um, okay, so what one of the things I looked up and I had no idea, uh, what was a book you could do worse? It was credited to you on Comic DB, and I was totally curious what that was. You could do worse? Yeah. Okay, great. Comic DB, oh. you're wrong. <laughs> Hold on. You could do. I'm gonna I'm gonna check and see. <laughs> you could do worse. I, here's the thing, like I haven't been doing this. It was a couple of years ago, but I was Oh, it could always be worse. It okay. could always be worse is um is a mini comic I did for Kill Them All, which was my third Kickstarter. See how I brought this back to um I don't think I don't think you can even get it on my store because I don't have a lot of copies about it. Basically, like I did a bunch of um a guy named Calamity, uh John Morris, who did those um like sidekick handbooks and uh like the villains you'd never heard of. They just came out of they did three books in a row. I did real well. He used to do the series called Boo on Monkey Brain. And it was a horror comic that came out every October, obviously. And I did several of those. And I, I, really, I really like horror comics. It, horror and comedy are very similar because you, the, it's a lot of pacing and it's a lot of setting up a punchline. But for horror, the punchline is, you know, something terrible happens. So I, I was, I'm really interested in how those sort of, and sort of the, um, the technical delivery for comedy and horror in comics is very similar. So I did a handful of these, like six or eight pages, I don't remember. Um, and I really liked them. I thought they were really good, but they're kind of like uh, in the ether. So for, for my Kickstarters in the past, um, if I reached a certain stretch goal, I would sort of put all the things I had lying around together. Um, I have one called I Could Kill Anything, uh, which is very popular. Also, it's good to be able to name your own books. Um, and that has like the Wild Dog comic that kind of put me on the map. like. Uh, years and years and little tiny fanfic wild dog comic I did. Um, but I, it, could, it could always be worse is all sort of horror comics and one story about a princess. <laughs> I think the one comic my kids have read. But I think it might be on my store. It might be on storeenvy.com uh, backslash Kyle Starks or whatever it is. I, think, I don't know. I have like, I have like maybe like 50 of them left. It's just like I kind of sit on them. Um, all right. Cool. It has a horror anthology. I know. But there you go. No. For my I other Kickstarter. No, uh, horror is definitely up my alley. Um, one, one of the other comic projects when I had more time, it was a weekly review of horror comics. So, right, again, horror, right I, audience. <laughs> horror comics and, and comedy, like, like how, many, how many people regularly make you laugh in comics? What would how you many, say, less than 10? Yo, yeah, yeah, absolutely. How many people write comics that are actually scary? Junji Ito, we'll take him in his own, because this stuff creeps me out. Is it less than 10? For sure. It's like there's hundreds of people making comics. I think they're both really hard to do. Yeah, I think, I mean, true horror comic, like, I think writes in. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you include that. Today, like today, I mean, doing it right now. It's like, it's like Harrow County. Harrow County, I thought was creepy. Yeah. Uh, but I only read, like, the first trade, so I don't know. Maybe it doesn't get, maybe it gets less creepy. Um, there's lots of, like, I feel like it's like, it's like, um, Horror comics and comics is, well, it has monsters in it. So it's a horror comic because it has monsters in it. And comedy stuff is always like bad gags. It's always just like, there's no, they're not jokes, it's gags. Yeah. Um, and it's always, especially if like it's any like sort of big two thing, like very rarely are they, you go, man, that was a really funny Spider-Man comic. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, 
Um, I think Chip does it. I think Chip, Chip does funny really well. Uh, yes. And Chip Zdarsky for everybody. Yeah, Chip Zdarsky, sorry. Uh, I, it's him moving away from being nonstop humor. Um, Ryan North, I think, does it pretty good. I don't think Ryan North stuff is funny in comics, but I think like his dinosaur comics are always funny. Um, but anyway, I think Chips has moved away from comedy in a way that gives me hope. Not that I don't want to do comedy, because my thing, my thing always is, always, and if I was ever going to get a tattoo, like this would probably be it, is that comics should be fun. I think comics should be fun, and I'm making fun comics, and that's, again, Old Head is, but I think if you look at all my books, you, they're, all, they're all moderately entertaining, they're all funny enough, there's some good dope action stuff in it, uh, but comics should be fun. And that doesn't mean they should be funny, because entertainment is different things. But I think even even something that it was serious is it's there's a way to do it that it's like man that's a fun comic that's what and, I want people to do man yeah and I mean I think the perfect example of this and it does lead me to the next thing was uh, Mars Attacks I think it was an absolutely ridiculous premise lots of good humor in it but at the heart of it there was a really touching dad and son story uh, attached to it with that was that always intended to be a five issue mini yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, always. They, they came to me and asked me if I had any interest um, because I've been doing Rick and Morty for so long. So I've, I've showed a, uh, a, a knack for doing licensed comedy books. Um, but the thing is, like, I love Rick and Morty. Um, I love the show. And to get in my thing is, like, well, I want to make more of that show and not do, you know, Kyle Starks' Rick and Morty. But it's like, that's the same thing. Like, I get to make a fun comic um, and, and these guys' voice. Uh, but they asked me to do Mars Attacks. It's like, look, I, you know what? I really like the Tim Burton movie, but I wouldn't say, like, I own any Mars Attacks, anything, not even a DVD, nothing, you know? So I was like, well, if I have a good idea, I'll do it. Because that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to just do things. I want to make, I want to make good things. I want to make things that I want to make. Um, and I actually, I sort of woke up the next morning with the idea, which became the book. And I asked, I told Chris Schweitzer, who's, who colored Rock Candy Mountain, who's my best friend. He lives like an hour away. He's America's secret best cartoonist. Um, also will be coloring old head, which is amazing because he's so fucking good. Um, but I asked him, I was like, oh, what, like, here's, I'm thinking about maybe this idea. Like, do you think this idea has legs? Like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll draw that. And I'm like, no, I think, they have, I think they have somebody lined up, man. Like I asked him who they thought about the artist was and they didn't say you because uh, you're doing like historical fiction and children's books and therefore are not on the Mars attacks like bandwidth. But I told him, I told the editor, uh, Kevin Kettner, who I think is one of the best, I think he's astounding. I think he's really good. He knows, he knows what to do and what not to do, which I think is important for an editor. Um, and he's like, yeah, I love Chris. Let me ask him. And the great thing about Chris is that he's going to do everything. So you don't have to have four people doing four different parts. Like Chris wants to do all of it. Um, and if you're an editor, that's great because you only have to edit one guy, you know? Uh, so I got to work with my best friend. I think it's my third best book. Um, I think if you like Mars Attacks, it's probably my first best book. Um, <laughs> but the, when I, in Old Head's the same. It's like, I like, Kill Them All. I love Kill Them All. I love Assassination. I think they're so fun. There's stuff in there I love, but it's like, they're not saying anything. They're just romps. They're just romps. And like, there's nothing, that, that's great. They're fun. They're romps. Um, the stuff that was supposed to be meaningful and both of them, uh, either there wasn't time or there wasn't space. Um, and so they're, they, they don't have that thing. Like, because I think, the Sex Castle is about parental responsibilities and how our decisions affect ourselves. Uh, Rock Candy Mountain is about what a man would do for his family, like what lengths a man will go to for his family, um, which is, these are all things at the time. Uh, Kill the, I just lost my job. Kill the Mall is about revenge for being fired. So, I mean, like, that seems like, <laughs> like, 
Like that's so petty. It's not like there's no, but I think if like in Mars Attacks is about a father and son, it's really about a father and son trying to reconcile their, their lifelong issues. It just happens to be during the Martian apocalypse. Um, uh, but I think when there's something, when there's that other thing going on, when it's not just action, when it's not just jokes, to me, it's like, well, I said something. What, but not overtly, like saying something overtly is not important to me. But for me, I need to have that thing that lets me direct the jokes, lets me direct the action so there's an emotional payoff. Old Head does the same thing. Old, is, old Head's a lot, it's more about legacy and destiny and um, how we relate to our, our, our parents and our children than it is about basketball and Draculas. Um, and that's the thing is like, man, it's my, like what's Rocky Candy Mountain about? It's about Hobo's fighting. It's like, but it's not about Hobo's fighting. It's about this man's journey and it's about his, this friendship. It's about being dropped in, it's about being a fish out of water. Um, and that's the thing, it's like, it's tough. It's like, these are, that's my voice. And that, I think that's why uh, it makes me unique in comics, but also it makes it hard to sell when you're like, what is it? It's like Space, Space Jam meets Fright Night. That sounds great, right? But to me, it's more about this, this person who's only ever been really good at one thing and was never very good at it, uh, which is my main character in Old Head. Because he wasn't Michael Jordan. He was, a, he was the guy who just played on a team for a long time and thought he was going to be great. Like, he always thought at some point something great would happen, right? Like, we all do. Like, don't you think? Don't you feel yeah, like so in your life? He's like, the Richard, the thing he's Richard I think Jefferson about, of uh, comics. No, he's low. He, like, he's like even lower. He's like, um, um, you're going to put me on the, uh, uh, you know, I, the, the first time I, hold, I heard Old Head, the, the phrase Old Head was in reference to a backup guard for the Orlando Magic, and I'm on the spot, and I'm not gonna remember his name, but he played for Orlando forever. Like, um, uh, like Jeff T. Like Jeff T's a starter, but it's those guys you don't start. Like maybe maybe if there's enough injuries, you might start a year. But he's like this eighth man, right? He's like the eighth man. And he's the thing Jer- is, like, he's you know, Jeremy Lin. He's Minus Jeremy one Lin. season. <laughs> you know what? Jeremy Lin's probably a really good example. Um, even though he's out, but Jeremy Lin also like, you know, was basically undrafted and uh, like John Starks, like the John Starks story. I don't want to get to that. I'm changing it off so hard. <laughs> All right, sorry, we're getting too basketball yeah. for everybody. John Starks' but... story is so great because he wasn't drafted and he was, a gro- he was bagging groceries, right? And tried out for the team. And the only reason why he stayed on the team is because he actually got hurt in camp and ended up being an all-star and a six-man. Anyway, but the thing is, I feel like, in, like Sex Castle, which was my first book, was optioned. And then there was a screenplay and it's like, holy shit, like they might make a movie of this, like this thing might happen. And I thought about, I thought then, not until, there's like, man, 13 year old me, remember watching the movies and being like, I could, like movies are awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could make a movie one, I could make a movie one day. Like I'm 13. Um, but I think you, like, it's like, man, I'm, we're gonna all have these, we're all gonna have these great moments that we all believe we're gonna have these great moments. And I think we do, though they're not like this guy's, that involves Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think he always thought he was going to have this great moment and he feels like he never did but s- sort of an undercurrent is his daughter's like he played 13 years in the pros that's pretty good and he's like well no one bought my jersey like there's always like for him there's always a reason but there's also like the destiny of his family I can't give you anything, I don't want to give anything away it's very good it's, there's a yeah, lot yeah. happening in it alright uh, just a little sidetrack though you talk about making a movie uh, and I was going to ask this how many episodes of Primal did you finish I'm uh, I'm three in and the third one's Buck wild that's the uh, the uh, the mastodons all right so when you see i mean if you haven't watched it i think it's absolutely it's fantastic. really good yeah um when you see something like that and you talk about you know sex castle possibly being optioned do you 
want to see any of your comics translated? I mean, I know you're, you pick up the licensed comics and it kind of has that avenue already, but any of the original work that you would love to see, you know, be an animated show or do a movie or? I don't think I have any interest in animation. Um, it's just a weird process. And I, I, I always think of things very cinematically. Um, and that's why I'm, that's also, uh, don't let me tangent too far away. But you know, last year I did, last year I did Rick and Morty Assassination and Mars Attacks. I didn't draw any of them. They were all monthly books. And I really love OGNs. I love the pacing of like, I can do as many pages as I want. The story can breathe in the way it wants. I can, when I did Rock Any Mountain, like, the, like to have to do like five page fight scenes when I normally do 20 page fight scenes, because I think fight scenes should mean something, right? And I think it should be fun, but like having that taken away. So, I mean, part of why I'm doing this book or why I did this book is like, I, I miss OGNs and I want to draw and I didn't. No one wanted me, what did I get? My writing's very good. My drawing's fine. Um, Chris Schweitzer colors my drawing, <laughs> it looks okay. Like it goes up, a, it goes up one tier. Um, He's being modest, it's fantastic everybody. <laughs> um, but so it's like, I really want to do these OGNs I, and I, I know they're not super, the thing is Kickstarter, Kickstarter is actually the place where those books you know why it's so interesting because right now if i if i was a ya author i think i would be very i'd be doing very well just putting out books right like just just original books i think i'd be doing very well and i'd be very happy and my stuff would be well read and i'd be making many people happy but i think for things that are more adult oriented kickstarter is sort of the best venue for that because people aren't going into barnes and nobles to buy you know uh john hickman's ogn whatever that is or whomever's ogn you know because it's not a market yet even though it sure feels like it should be or it's a market but it's always smaller publishers that don't really have a reach or, you know, they're not maybe getting quite the talent or things are edited, who knows, right? Um, but adult books aren't middle reader books, which is a thing. But I, I love them. I love them and Kickstarter allows me to make enough money to do them. Um, I would love for any of the guys who want to make movies in the NBA to option uh, <laughs> Old Head and go straight after Space Jam 2 and we'll see LeBron James's old head. I'm all for it. I hope it happens. I've optioned everything. Um, so I would like it. I, I think movies, what, what, I if really like movies. what if it's Kyrie Irving that wants to? If it's, if it's Kyrie Irving, you have to take this podcast down and I have to go through all my tweets. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. And you keep it up because I'm admitting it. Um, but that guy, that guy is the, is the uh, current modern Carmel Anthony. He's not playing basketball to win. He doesn't know how to do it. He just knows how to dribble. Maybe the best anyone ever has. That's it. He's a terrible basketball player. I've Alrighty. never. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. So you, we've certainly given a lot of details on the book. Uh, when is it? Uh, Kickstarter is going on right now. Um, it ends uh, November 2nd, I think. Okay. Do it before then, everybody. Please. Uh, so when, when does the book ship out? If we, uh, when so you hit your goal. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I wish. So in the past, I've been, the only thing different from this and every book I've done, well, multiple things. I've always done digest size. I've always done black and white. The book's done. That's my thing is like, I don't think people should have to wait a year to get their stuff. Um, because when you buy something, you want it then. Like, I don't want to buy the idea of something. So I've finished the book. The book's done. I've written, I've drawn it. Every page is done. But uh, paying a colorist is expensive and Schweitzer's very good. Um, so it will be my first standard size OGN, which is like six by nine or whatever it is, like a normal comic size OGN, and it'll be full color. 
Schweitzer says he can color it in, in 30 days, and I believe him. I've given him. I give him 60 days. I give the printer 60 days. I don't think I've, in the past, I think I was shipping stuff out within the first 30 days. Um, and I think probably my hope will be 60 days, people will start to receive things. And there's so many good things. You can get a pin, you can get a shirt, you can get original page art, which is uh, digital prints, but it still counts because I've never done it before. It's the first time I'm offering original page art. Um, yeah, so it, it won't be long. It's done. We just have to literally do like the, the sort of last effort stuff. And it's 126 pages and Schweitzer's so good. Um, he'll burn through it and then wait on the printer. And my printer's great. They, they pushed me ahead of everybody else, which is mean, but I love it. Uh, and they take really good care of me. Um, they usually start sending me stuff in waves, which is great because I can immediately start sending um, the tears out. And of course, the PDF would be probably, I, I bet, for within, because as soon as Schweitzer's done, I'll send the PDF out because I don't want people to have to wait to read it. Uh, and everyone gets a PDF basically. So. And lots of lots of great Patreon. We talked about original art, talked about this, uh, or talked about pins, talked about t-shirts. Um, it's all up there on on the Kickstarter. Um, so I, I guess maybe the, the last question, what is the uh, Kickstarter level to get a Luchasaurus Dunking Jungle Boy original commission? There is one. <laughs> uh, there is one because I have a tier that's... Uh, I'm scrolling through it. That's basketball art. And that is anything. It's $50. You get the book, you get the PDF and you get a full color. Cause I'm so dumb. Uh, anything <laughs> basketball related. Uh, those are the, the reason like I can like normally if you get a color, a full color commission from me, that's a hundred bucks, you know? Um, and I'm doing it basically for 30 because I think it's funny and it'll be fun. I'm expecting to do a ton of air buds. Um, I had a couple of people be like, Ooh, I should get like Spike Lee. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. They're like, oh, uh, could I get two players? I'm like, you could get two players if it makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Luchasaurus dunking might be a little bit, might be, but I would, I would, if he's dunking, I would accept it. Uh, so yeah, it's in there, man. It's like, get at me. Let's do it. It's so good. Everyone will like it. If you like comedy books and you like having fun, you'll like my book, Old Head, currently on Kickstarter till November 2nd, I think. All right. Any, anything else left to plug? Anything else we should know? This Parting is uh, <laughs> no, this is my only thing. Follow me on social media. I'm the Kyle Starks everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we'll have fun. I have a Patreon. If you think I'm very charming and want to buy me a cup of coffee every month, basically, I'm into that. Uh, we do Google Hangouts and whatnot, chit chats, talk about the industry. I talk a lot of shit. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. But if I have a bad day, you can bet it shows up on Patreon. So uh, we do giveaways and stuff like that. If, in fact, uh, my Patreon backers are going to get. Um, some enamel pins uh, exclusive to them if they back me on if they back the project and they're my patron backer no matter what amount they give me i'll give them something no one else gets you heard right. it here first <laughs> i gotta i gotta i gotta tell them i forgot about that i haven't posted that yet I'm, I'm a all right you, you you heard it here folks uh first all right well thanks kyle i appreciate it and uh good luck with the book and we'll talk to you soon thank you so much for having me i appreciate it